Well, this morning, we're going to begin a brand new series we're calling You Wanted to Know. For the last few weeks, we've been uh, getting some uh, responses from you, asking you to let us know uh, topics that you might be interested in hearing a sermon on. And so we've collected now uh, probably, thank you, sir, uh, probably close to 200 responses. And uh, some of you wanted to know some stuff about end times. Well, I think we just covered that, so you can get the series. Some of you want to know about the blood moons. Well, Pastor Kelly covered that uh, a couple Wednesdays ago, and uh, so you can get that. But there's a lot of questions. There's no way we can answer all the questions. So what we've done is we've tried to categorize them, and we're going to try to use the most common and the most popular topics, and we're going to just be preaching on that for, uh, I don't know, maybe till Jesus comes back. Is that all right? So, uh, uh, but we we don't know how long it's going to go, but we'll just trust the Lord to lead us, okay? But uh, this morning, in case you're wondering, the number one requested topic of interest was this. How do you hear God's voice? How do you hear God's voice? Many were interested in hearing a sermon on learning more about how do you really hear God's voice? That's a great topic, don't you think? I was really excited to hear that and to see that. Uh, to that response from the congregation, because number one, it reveals the congregation's heart that they want to grow in their relationship with God. You know, everybody didn't say, how do you prosper? You know, how do you get more financially blessed, which is what this part of God's plan, right? But, you know, how do you hear the voice of God? You know, I, I was really excited about it because I believe that hearing God's voice is essential to living a victorious Christian life. You know, there's two ways you can live your life as a Christian, in defeat or in victory. How many of you think living in victory is a better, op, a better option? Amen? So let's talk about why is it so important to hear God's voice? Why is that so important? Well, let me give you a few reasons why I believe that it's important. Number one, it's essential to building a relationship with God. How many of you know it's really hard to grow in your walk with God unless you can hear God's voice, right? You know... Um, John 10, 27, Jesus said, my sheep listen to my voice. I know them and they follow me. Now, you know, the prerequisite to truly following Christ is learning to hear his voice. You got to hear his voice. But, you know, imagine, you know, if you were in a relationship, you were in a marriage and there was absolutely no communication. How deep could that relationship go? I mean, there's got to be communication, right? And in spiritually speaking, it's impossible for our relationship to grow with God unless there's communication. And how many of you know communication is not a one-way street? Not us talking all the time and not listening. We got to listen. Amen. We got to listen to the voice of God. Amen. And so our entire spiritual walk really hinges on our ability to hear God's voice. But number two, another reason why it's important to hear God's voice is it keeps us from making wrong choices and making serious mistakes. How many of you know God will help us? He'll help us walk off the edge. Amen. But listen to this verse, Proverbs 3 and 6 says, listen for God's voice in everything you do, everywhere you go. He's the one that will keep you on track. Listen to his voice. God's voice is like the GPS of our spiritual life. The GPS, you know, the GPS identifies where you are, your present location, 
And it also helps you get where you need to go or you want to go, right? And, and God's voice is like the GPS spiritually. His voice is our, our God positioning satellite system. Amen. He knows where we are and he can get us where we need to go. So we need to be tapping in. And listen, if we'll learn to hear God's voice, we'll stay on the right track and avoid the pitfalls in life. He'll help us keep us from falling off the, off the deep end. Think about it. It's Satan's voice through temptation that causes us to make the wrong choices and to get off track spiritually. And it's God's voice that causes us to make the right choices and to stay on track spiritually. Question is, whose voice are we going to listen to? Whose voice are we going to pay attention to? The enemy's voice or God's voice? And by the way, we're all paying attention to a voice. Amen. And so listen, Satan's voice brings temptation, but God's voice brings inspiration. Come on, how many of you want to live an inspired life? Amen. It's his voice. God's voice can keep you from making terrible relational decisions. His voice can keep you from wasting a lot of emotional energy and precious time and money. His voice can really help us. So we must learn to hear and obey God's voice. A third reason it's important to learn how to hear God's voice is it's hearing and following his voice that really helps you to succeed in life. How many of you want to succeed in life? You know, and by the way, succeeding in life doesn't mean you're going to become a millionaire, although that might be part of God's plan. But succeeding in life is just having fulfillment in life, just being able to have joy in life. Amen. You know, some people are waiting for happiness. They hit them. But the Lord wants to give us joy. And, you know, there are many paths we can take in life. There are many different directions that we can take. But there's only one path that will really cause us to succeed in life. Psalm 32, 8 says, the Lord says, I will guide you along the best pathway for your life. And I will advise you and watch over you. The best pathway. The, pro- the Lord promises to put us on the best path. There's many pathways, but he'll put us on the best one. Now, think with me for a minute. How can God guide us on the best pathway of life? Unless we learn to hear his voice. How can he guide us unless we can get instructions and hear his direction? He can't get us on the best pathway. You know, in my, in my truck, I have a navigation system. And that's pretty cool, isn't it? Except, except sometimes it'll take you down the wrong track. It'll get you way off in the in left field. Amen. It'll put you in the, in the woods, man. But you know, whenever I put like a location in my, in my navigation system, it'll give me three choices. Fastest route, shortest route, and there's a third choice, unrestricted route. It gives you a choice of taking the unrestricted route, which means that it has very few limitations or hindrances. And so listen, in life, we could take different routes and some might be the fastest Some may seem the shortest, but God wants to put us on the best path with least hindrances and limitations. God's voice is his GPS, and it'll help us. It'll position us. 
and take us to the best pathway where the greatest life blessings will be if we're interested in following his path. How many of you are interested? Think about it. God's voice can keep you from making, getting in the wrong relationships. God's voice can help you to flow in the spiritual gifts. Pastor Kelly, Pastor Brandon are in a series right now on Wednesday on the spiritual gifts. How can you flow in the gift of wisdom and the gift of knowledge lest you hear his voice? You can't. You know, God's voice will help you get on the best career path. God's voice will keep you from making mistakes that will ruin your life. Every day, people are making decisions that are ruining their life. God's voice will help us from being one of those people if we'll pay attention to it. Amen? Are y'all with me? The only requirement of getting on the best pathway and staying on the best pathway is you got to hear his voice. you got to hear his voice. And so the question we're trying to answer this morning is, how do you hear the voice of God? How do you hear it? One of the most important ingredients to learning how to hear the voice of God is becoming more familiar with the voice of God. You know, I think there's a lot of church people that have been in church all their life, but they're not familiar. How many of you believe that God is still speaking to his people today? Let me ask that question. Because I believe there's some people that think that he's deaf and he's mute. But I think he's, I think he's still speaking today, don't you? Let me ask you another question. When was the last time that you heard God speak to you? When was the last time God spoke to you? It's amazing to me that we can settle for Christianity of just coming to church, singing songs, lifting up our hands, and going through the routine and the calisthenics of Christianity, but our relationship with God is totally disengaged. But saints, don't you think as children of God, we should hear the voice of God? Amen? You see, I believe the unfortunate reality is this. Though we believe God still speaks to his people today, many of us can't recall the last time God spoke to us. It's a tragedy, isn't it? The reason why we can't remember because it's been way too long since he spoke to us. Now listen, I believe God is speaking to us more than we realize. I think God is speaking to us more than we realize. We just haven't recognized his voice. When he spoke to us, we just haven't, we, we didn't recognize that, my friend, was God speaking to you. Not just any normal opinion, not just any normal voice, it's God's voice. How many of you know when God speaks to you, you want to listen? Amen? You want to listen to what God's telling you because God loves you and he only, only wants the best for you. Amen? Now listen to this verse, Job 33, 14. For God speaks again and again, though people do not recognize it. God is speaking. We're just not recognizing it, I believe. And one of the reasons we're not recognizing his voice is because we're not familiar with his voice. So we got to become familiar with his voice. Do you remember when Hannah was barren and she cried out to God for a child and God said, I'm going to give you a child. And she said, Lord, if you'll give me a child, I'm going to bring him to the temple. I'm going to give him to you in service to you. Remember that? 
And, and she had a son named Samuel. She brought him to the temple, gave him to the priest Eli, and said, train him to be a priest in the house of the Lord. He's God's. You remember that? So now you got Samuel, who's a child, and he's being trained by the priest Eli. And so they're sleeping one day in the temple, and the voice of the Lord comes. And, and the voice of the Lord comes, and Samuel was awakened by the voice of God, and he runs over to Eli, and he says, what? What did you want? And, and he, Eli gets up and says, what? Why are you waking me up? What did you want from me? You said something. He said, go back to sleep. You remember that story? I, I want to read it. It's, it's a few verses, but let's read it. I want you to see. I think this can be a picture of the church or you and I. First Samuel chapter three, verse one. Meanwhile, the boy Samuel served the Lord by assisting Eli. Now in those days, messages from the Lord were rare and visions were quite uncommon. And one night, Eli, who was almost blind by now, had gone to bed. The lamp of God had not yet gone out, and Samuel was sleeping in the tabernacle near the ark of God. Suddenly, the Lord called out, Samuel. Yes, Samuel replied. What is it? He got up and he ran to Eli. Here I am. Did you call me? I didn't call you, Eli replied. Go back to bed. So he did. Then the Lord called out again, Samuel. And again, Samuel got up and he went to Eli. Here I am. Did you call me? I didn't call you, my son, Eli said. Go back to bed. Verse 7, Samuel did not yet know the Lord because he had, not, he had never had a message from the Lord before. Isn't that a powerful verse? Samuel did not yet know the Lord because he had never had a message from the Lord before. Verse 8, so the Lord called a third time and once more Samuel got up and he went to Eli. Here I am, did you call me? And then Eli realized it was the Lord who was calling the boy. So he said to Samuel, go and lie down again. And if someone calls again, say, speak, Lord, your servant is listening. So Samuel went back to bed and the Lord came and called as before, Samuel, Samuel. And Samuel replied, speak, your servant is listening. Then the Lord said to Samuel, I am about to do a shocking thing in Israel. I'm going to carry out all my threats against Eli and his family from beginning to the end. I have warned him that judgment is coming upon his family forever because his sons are blaspheming God and he hasn't disciplined them. So I have vowed that the sins of Eli and his sons will never be forgiven by the sacrifices or offerings. Wow. So Eli said, Samuel, what did the Lord say? <laughs> and Samuel said, the weather's pretty outside, isn't it? <clears throat> How I many you know that was a tough message to deliver there? But do you get the gist of what's happening here? You have, a, you have a son and you have a priest. You have a mentor. And the, and the priest was not listening to the voice of God. But he knew the voice of God. And when the young man heard the voice, he didn't know that it was the voice of God. And so somebody had to teach him. And I think this is picture of us as believers. God is speaking to us, but we have not yet recognized that it is the voice of God because we're not yet familiar with how God speaks. How many of you know God is speaking? Does God still speak audibly as he did to Samuel? I believe he can speak however he wants. He's God. Amen. 
But you know what? I don't think that he speaks audibly a lot. I, I don't know that I've ever heard his audible voice. But you know what? I believe that God still speaking. Don't you? And so let's talk about how does God speak today? How do, does the God, can you just hear his voice? Most of the time that, you know, that, that would, wouldn't that be great if he did that? Wouldn't it be great if God sent text? Wouldn't it be great if he sent emails? But you know, the, there is some common ways that God speaks. And let's just talk about it because I believe as we talk about it, it'll help us just start listening and recognizing. You know, Pastor Kelly and Pastor Brandon have been talking about the spiritual gifts. You know, we can learn about the spiritual gifts, but it doesn't mean we're going to operate in the spiritual gifts. Amen? I mean, we got to learn how to hear the voice of God to begin to really operate in the spiritual gifts. Amen? So let's talk about common ways. How does God speak? Number one, through visions and dreams. God speaks through visions and dreams. How many of you believe that? In Job chapter 33, verse 14, God speaks again and again, though people do not recognize it. For he speaks in dreams and visions of the night when deep sleep falls on people as they lie in their beds. God speaks through visions and dreams when people are asleep. I think he speaks to us in visions and dreams because it's finally whenever he gets us out of the way and we're quiet. We're not talking. And he said, would you shut up for a moment so I can speak to you? So he puts deep sleep on us and then he gives us a dream. It's like, man, it's hard to get a message to you. Do you remember Ananias in Acts chapter 9? It records the incident when God spoke to Ananias to go minister to Paul, who had been struck blinded uh, when, and is on the road to Damascus. You remember that? As God saved him. In Acts chapter 9 and verse 10, it says, There was a believer in Damascus named Ananias, and the Lord spoke to him in a vision, calling Ananias. Yes, Lord, he replied. The Lord said, go over to Straight Street to the house of Judas. When you get there, ask for a man from Tarsus named Saul. He is praying for me right now. I have shown him a vision of a man named Ananias coming in and laying hands on him so he can see again. Now, here Ananias, God speaks to him in a vision and he says, I'm speaking to another guy in a vision. And, and you need to go over there and lay hands on him and he's going to be healed. And so through a vision, God spoke to Ananias and Apostle Paul got healed as God encouraged him to just believe for healing through a vision. God speaks through visions and dreams. In Acts chapter 2, you can see in the last days, I'll pour out my spirit and young men and, and old men will see visions and dreams. How many of you believe God speaks that way? Now, listen. I've only, God's only spoken to me in a dream or a vision very few times. Most of the time, it's too much pizza too late at night for me. You know, it's not God. God is nowhere in that dream. Amen. But you know what? I, I, I did have a dream one time years ago when Olivia was just like four years old, I think, or something like that. Tanya and I were going on a mission trip. And Mr. Aaron and Ms. Louise were watching her and, and some of our friends, we had just kind of set up where she would go to a few different places so that she wouldn't get too bored and that kind of thing. And, uh, and, um, a few nights before we left, I had a dream that she drowned and I woke up just so startled and all I knew was to pray and, and, and ask God to cover her with his blood and protect her and put his hedge around her and, and all that kind of stuff. 
And so it just happened that one of the neighbors, one of the people that was going to watch her for a day or two, they had a pool. And she was in the pool. And, and we found out after we got back, I knew who had the pool and when they were having it. And during that day on the trip, I interceded for her. How I many of you know I interceded hard? When we got back, our friend said, listen, we just want to tell you about this. We had Olivia in the pool. She was on the ladder and she, I think she had some floaties on. She fell off the ladder while the adults were just kind of, you know, just swimming around. And whenever they look back, Olivia was just going up and down. And actually, Dwight, who is here, is the one that saved her. He's the one that reached out and got her out of the, and put her back on the ladder. But, you know, it's just like, man, after we found out that story, do you think that was God speaking to me in that dream? <laughs> you better believe it was God. And by the way, Olivia's right over here. She got married. Amen. She got a husband now. Amen. So, so I'm just telling you that story to just say, listen, God speaks in dreams. Now, not every dream. Listen, if God gives you a dream to go rob a bank, bind the enemy. Amen. And don't eat so late at night. Amen. All right. Okay. A second common way God speaks is through God's ministers and God's people. You know, Ephesians 4.11 said, these are the gifts Christ gave to the church, the apostles, the prophets, the evangelists, the pastors, and the teachers. Their responsibility is to equip God's people to do his work and build up the church, the body of Christ. God has given us the apostle, the prophet, the teacher, the evangelist. Why? To equip the saints for the work of ministry. God uses his ministers to speak to us. You know what? God might speak to you today through me. I mean, after all, if he could use a mew, he might be able to use me. Amen. Come on. Are y'all with me out there? And so listen, when we, when we're given, when we're given the word of God through the ministry of the, of the fivefold ministry, we can't just frivolously listen to the word of God. We need to know that God will use the man of God, the woman of God to speak to our hearts. If we can look beyond the flesh that it's coming from. And know that God uses his gifts to speak to us. Are y'all with me out there? You know, when we're given uh, years ago, uh, again, going back, you've heard this story, but Tiny and I were youth pastors. We took the youth to this conference. The youth were in service. Tiny and I was in this leader's training. During that time, the guy got ready to speak. Tiny and I were kind of sitting in the middle. He said, y'all right there, that couple, you, yeah, that handsome looking guy right there. No, he didn't say that. But he said, y'all stand up. And so we stood up and he said, he said, uh, the Lord has a word for y'all. It says, uh, don't settle for the Ishmael, wait for the Isaac. And he said, you would understand that. That's it. And he went on with his thing. And I'm like, I don't have a clue what he's talking about, Tanya. Do you, do you understand? And she starts tearing up. And she's like, yes, I know, I know. And so later she tells me we had been watching. You remember uh, Wednesday's Child on the news? And they'd show these kids that don't have any parents. And we'd been trying to have children. And we were just like, we were ready. We weren't talking about it, but we were ready to go, you know, grab one of them children. And, and what Tanya received was the Lord saying, well, hold on. Hold on. I have an Isaac for you. And whenever she told me what she thought it meant, I mean, it just bore witness with me. And so Olivia came along. 
But God gave us a word. Yeah. Tony and Brenda right here. Before they could have children. There was a man of God in their house. And Brother Francis and Miss Betty Josen said, y'all going to have children. And I told you exactly how many, I think, right? At the time, they had none. Couldn't have any. Well, that's their children right there on the road. Amen. God spoke to them. And so God will speak to you. He who has ears, let him hear what the Spirit is saying. But not only does God speak to ministers, God speaks to his people. If you're a believer, God will speak through you. If you're around believers, God will speak to you. In fact, God will speak to you through non-believers. Now that I'm thinking about it. Amen. But listen to this. First Peter 4.10 says, God has given each of you a gift from his variety of spiritual gifts. Use them well to serve one another. Do you have the gift of speaking? Then speak as though God himself were speaking through you. Do you have the gift of helping others? Do it with all the strength and energy that God supplies. Then everything you do will bring glory to God through Jesus Christ. God speaks through the gifts operating through his people. And sometimes God will use us. I remember whenever we got that word about, you know, don't settle for the Ishmael, wait for the Isaac. Whenever we got that word, I was, I, I, I was saying, I have, we are having a son when Tanya was pregnant. And there was a man in the church that said, now, Todd, wait a minute. Did God say you were having a son or did he say, wait for his promise? So, well, he said, wait for Isaac. That's a, that's a son. And he said, well, you just might want to be careful about reading too much into that. Because I don't know that God said you're having a son. He said he's given you a promise. And I just, like you of little faith, I bind you up. Don't, don't you say that to me. You know, you heathen, you need to get right with God. But, you know, I walked away going, well, wait a minute. Maybe he's right. And so, listen, when Olivia was born, I guarantee you I wasn't ready to send her back. <laughs> Amen? But I'm just using those personal examples to say, come on, are y'all with me out there? How many of y'all tracking with me this morning? <laughs> Amen. God will speak to you. Well, listen, like for me, I just looked at him like he was, he didn't have any faith. Oh, you're full of doubt and unbelief. But if we will just pay attention and be sensitive to the Lord, God will speak to us. When you come up here at church, my brother, don't just come up here all casually kicking back. My brother, come up here like you ready to get a word from God. Come up here like you ready to receive a direct instruction from the Lord. And who knows? One Sunday morning, your life might change supernaturally as God speaks a word to you. Amen? A third common way God speaks is through life experiences and circumstances. Psalm 119, before I suffered, verse 67, before I suffered, I did many wrong things, but now I carefully obey everything you say. Now, let me translate that. I believe the author is saying, this experience of circumstances and situations of suffering and affliction, they spoke to me. They spoke to me and they taught me that it's better to live my life right with God than not right with God. It's better to submit to God than to rebel against God. I think that's what he was saying. God speaks to us through our circumstances. In fact, sometimes our circumstances, our situations are God's megaphones. 
It's God's megaphones. And he's shouting at us, don't go there. Don't do that. And whenever we experience the tribulation, we misread it. And we want to bind up the devil. And it's not the devil. It's our own decisions and choices that God is trying to spare us from. Psalm 119 and verse 71, my suffering was good for me. For it taught me to pay attention to your decrees. Your instructions are more valuable to me than millions in gold and silver. God uses all circumstances. He uses failure. He uses success. He uses disappointment. And he uses tremendous loss or tragedy. He uses everything. You know, years ago before I was in the ministry and I was still working in all field, God was dealing with me about going into the ministry. But quite frankly, I wasn't too excited about the idea. I didn't think I could make nearly amount of money that I could in the oil field. And I thought that was a more lucrative place to stay. And besides, you got to preach if you go into ministry. And I didn't like to speak in the front of people. And so I wasn't too excited about the opportunity. And I was struggling with that. So God helped me out. I mean, you know, God will help you. And so I chose rather to take another job. And I said, look, I'll compromise with you, Lord. This is what I'll do. I'll get me a new job that I can be on land. I'm not 24-hour call. And I can be more involved in church. How about that? That's a deal. And I took the other job. And I'm telling you, that was the worst job I've ever had in my life. It was hell on earth. It's like, oh, my goodness. I mean, I had the best job that you could ever want. And then I went there and it was terrible. What was that? It was God's megaphone. Todd, go into the ministry. It was him talking to me. And the message was clear. It's always better to do what God wants you to do than doing your own thing. Ask Jonah. Jonah will confirm what I'm saying today. Amen. So remember this. God will speak life-changing messages through our experiences and our circumstances in life. If we'll take time and pay attention to recognize just what he's saying. Instead of blaming everything on the devil and looking at people and blaming them, you might want to open your spiritual ears and say, God, why are you allowing me to go through this tribulation? Why are you allowing me to go through this trouble? Because I know it's got to first sift through your fingers before it gets to me. You see, and what a tragedy for people to come sit in church week after week and God is shouting at them and they're totally oblivious to it. How many of you believe it's better if we learn to listen to the voice of God? Amen. A fourth common way God speaks is through the scriptures, of course. I, in fact, I believe it's the number way, number one way God speaks to us. God has spoken to me more through the scripture than any other way. And the Bible says in 2 Timothy 3.16, all scripture is inspired by God and it's useful to teach us what is true, to make us realize what is wrong in our lives. It corrects us when we're wrong, teaches us what to do, what is right. God uses it to prepare and equip us, his people to do every good work. 
God speaks through the scriptures. He teaches us what is true, makes us realize what's wrong in our life, corrects us when we're on the wrong path, and it teaches us to do what's right. You know, somebody said, if you're not reading your Bible, if you're not reading your Bible, it's like your phone is off the hook. Or in today's vernacular, we don't have too many phones on the hook. Your phone doesn't have power. Your power is off. And God, every time he's wanting to talk to us, he's getting a busy signal. God uses his word to speak to his people. So if you want God to speak to you, I encourage you to begin setting aside time every day to read the Bible. And I believe that God will start speaking to you. And listen, when you read the Bible, don't just read it for instruction. Ask some questions. Look for it to speak to you. Ask, is there an example to follow or to not follow? Is there a sin to avoid? Is there a promise to claim? Is there a prayer to pray, a command to obey, a condition to meet, to receive the promise? Don't just read the Bible. Listen. Listen to God's voice. God gave us the Bible not to increase our knowledge, but to transform our lives. He wants to speak to us. Amen. Come on, are y'all out there? In other words, don't just read the Bible just to learn new stories. Expect God to speak to you. And then finally, the fifth common way God speaks to us is through his spirit. He speaks to us through his spirit. Well, how does the Holy Spirit speak to us? There's a few ways. One of the ways the Holy Spirit speaks to us is, is uh, by illuminating the word of God. You know, what, you know what that means? It's like it puts the light on. You know, there's the Logos word and the Rhema word. The Logos is the written word. The Rhema word is the revealed word. It's like it, it comes alive. And so it works like this. As you're listening or hearing or reading the word of God, the Holy Spirit will highlight a, sat- a certain word or a phrase or a verse. He'll, it's like he'll highlight it for you spiritually. And all of a sudden, out of all these verses you're reading, one word, boom, pops up. And it's like God's incredible because the word will pop up and then he'll connect a dot with your circumstance. And saying this word and this circumstance is connected. Receive this for your situation. Come on, man. I'm telling you, God is awesome. Amen. God is awesome. Man, don't you feel sorry for people that don't get to tap into that kind of life? Wow. How great. The Holy Spirit will speak a word to you and cause that scripture to speak to you exactly concerning the circumstance or the situation you're going through. The Holy Spirit also speaks through our conscience. Have you ever had a guilty conscience? Have you ever had, have you ever noticed your kids have a guilty conscience? You know, the Bible says you can live so long with a guilty conscience, your conscience is sneered and it don't work anymore. And so you could just go do whatever and there's no guilt involved. So that's not a good place to be. But you know, the Holy Spirit's job, you know, the conscience is that inner knowing. It's that inner knowing within your mind, your heart, telling you whether you're doing the right thing or not. 
whether you're right before God or not. And so John 16, 8 says, when he comes, the Holy Spirit, he will convict the world of guilt in regard to sin and righteousness and judgment. So the Holy Spirit's job is through our conscience to warn us whenever we're about to do something wrong and to also affirm us and encourage us when we're doing the right thing. Whenever we choose to forgive somebody or we choose to turn away from that temptation, it's the Holy Spirit's job to say, yes, that's the right thing to do. Good job, son. Good job, daughter. And he's also there to tell us, no, don't go there. Don't do that. You're about to hit the brick wall. And finally, the Holy Spirit's job is to speak into our spirit. Listen to this verse, Romans 8, 16. For the spirit joins with our spirit to affirm that we are God's children. His spirit joins with our spirit. The Bible says we are the lamp of the Lord. And so the Holy Spirit speaks to us. It speaks to our heart, speaks to our mind, and and speaks into our spirit and gives us that sense of what we need to do. Sometimes we have a thought and it's not... You know, listen, if you get a thought to go rob the bank, you know who gave you that thought? But whenever you have a thought, go bring a pie to the neighbor that just went. That's probably not the devil. But God will work to us. He'll speak to our spirit. And then all of a sudden, we'll get direction. We'll get leadership from the Lord. In fact, you know, the disciples received divine guidance through the spirit. In Acts 13.1, it says, while they were ministering to the Lord and fasting, The Holy Spirit said, set apart for me Barnabas and Saul for the work which I've called them. The Holy Spirit said, does the Holy Spirit say? Yes. What did it mean that the Holy Spirit said, set apart for me Barnabas and Saul? Well, apparently the disciples were so familiar with the Spirit's work in their life that the Spirit, they could, they could understand the voice of the Spirit of God. And, and they recognized that this was what the Spirit of God wanted them to do. And they just did exactly what the Spirit of God told them to do. What a blessing. What a blessing to have the Holy Spirit working in your life where you can get instructions and be told what to do. Amazing. When you get off the road and you start getting on the side and you're about to head into the, into the wall and the Holy Spirit nudges you and say, no, you might want to head back this direction and you can get back on the road and get to your destination. Amen. What a blessing when the Holy Spirit sees you about to ruin your career, wreck your spiritual life, and the Holy Spirit starts just putting on the the neon light and says, whoa, whoa, you're about to make the gravest mistake of your life. Stop, don't go there. What a privilege, saints of God, to have the Holy Spirit speak to us. Amen? Come on, y'all. Are y'all in agreement with me today that it's a privilege to be a child of God? Amen. Five ways God speaks to us. Visions and dreams through ministers and his people, through our life's experiences and circumstances, through his scripture and through his spirit. Job 33, 14. God speaks again and again, though people do not recognize it. God speaks again and again. I believe God is speaking to us more than we realize. 
We just need to become more sensitive to His voice. Amen? We just need to begin recognizing His voice. And if we will do that, I believe that God is going to speak to us a lot more. And think about with me the blessings that are going to be associated with us being able to discern His voice. Amen? I think we can get better at hearing His voice, don't you? I think we can get better and all of a sudden we'll begin to hear His voice more often and more times. You know, I heard this story years ago. Some of you are familiar with the, with the missionary Bruce Olson. He wrote a book called Bruchko. He was a missionary to the Motolon Indians back maybe in the 70s or something like that. And uh, he reached a tribe that were cannibals. His first engagement with this tribe was a spear going through his, his thigh. They, they threw a spear at him and went through his thigh and they made him run back into the camp. And through years of working with them, he won the whole tribe. And he became their friend and he taught them how to stay away from disease and taught them how to hunt. It's an incredible read if you've never read it. I know Miss Dixie says she reads it every year because she just is so inspired by the story. But you know, it's an incredible story. But I remember reading, I think it was in an article in Christianity Today or something. And he was talking about the voice of the Lord. And he said, you know, whenever we would go hunting, uh, they, they taught me how to hunt. I taught them to stay away from disease. But he said, you know, we would be going through the, through the, the forest, the rainforest. This was, I think, in Colombia or something like this. Uh, well, that's, I don't know if that's a rainforest, but you get the idea, right? But he said, we'd be going along and all of a sudden they'd say, listen, you hear that? He's like, man, I hear a lot. I hear about a thousand different birds chirping. And I hear all these crickets, you know, and all this stuff. And they said, no, a turkey. A turkey? You hear a turkey? Yeah. How in the world do you hear a turkey among all these voices? So listen, we'll teach you how to hear the voice of the turkey. And they began to train him. And he said, I got to the point where in the midst of all the voices in the forest, I could hear the turkey. There's a lot of voices out there, saints. There's the voice of our flesh. There's the voice of the enemy. There's the voice of others. There's the voice of the world. And then there's God's voice. God's voice is the voice that'll get you on the right path, keep you on the right path, and bless your life. But we've got to learn in the midst of all the voices to hear the voice of the Lord. And the voice of the Lord will change our life. Amen? Are you all in agreement? Amen. Would you stand with me? Let's close in prayer. Jesus said, He who has ears, let him hear what the Spirit is saying. You got to have spiritual ears. Listen, the key to all of this, the key to all of this is you got to be tuned in to the Lord. You got to be tapped into the Lord. You got to be surrendered to Jesus. You know, oh, we have we have Wi-Fi in our house, like I'm sure many of you do, and our TV responds to Wi-Fi, and we can actually put Pandora on our TV and listen to instrumental praise music if we want. Pretty cool. But you know, we were trying to get that thing to work the other day, 
And so I called up DirecTV. My Pandora isn't working. Okay, sir. Well, let me just help you out a little bit here. Let's do this. Go here. Go do that. All right. Now go over to where your box is. Yes, sir. Uh, I mean, yes, ma'am. I'm there. All right. Check and see if it's plugged into the wall. Well, hold on. I didn't tell you the story yet. I said, well, it's not plugged into the wall. She said, well, if you plug that into the wall, it's probably going to work. I felt really stupid. But you know what? You can have you can have the availability, but unless you're tapped in, you're plugged in, you're never going to hear the voice of the Lord. You got to surrender to the Lord. And listen, it's not just surrendering Him and, Lord, would you forgive my sins? I'm a heathen. I'm a no good. I need to be saved. No, it's every day. It's every day. You know, it's not just getting his fire insurance. Like, I don't want to burn in hell. No, it's more than that. It's surrender. The more we surrender, the more we hear his voice. The more we hear his voice, the more our life will be changed. Amen? Come on, we got to surrender. If you've never given your life to Christ, if you don't know today that if you died, you're going to heaven. The first voice God speaks is convicting of, convicting us of going the wrong way and saying, you need to get right with God. Because you see, you're not going to be able to hear his voice. Listen what Romans says. Or Corinthians says. It's even today when they read Moses' writings, their hearts are covered with the veil. And they do not understand. But whenever someone turns to the Lord, that veil is taken away. For the Lord is the Spirit. Where the Spirit of the Lord is, there is freedom. Amen? Hebrews 1 says, Long ago, God spoke many times, many ways to our ancestors through the prophets. And now in these final days, He's spoken through His Son. Who's His Son? Jesus Christ. So would you just bow with me for just a second? Let's just present ourselves before God. Let's just surrender. Come on, we don't want to settle for calisthenics, just going through the routine of Christianity. We want to have a personal working relationship with Jesus. Amen? So all of us, can we just say, Lord, I want to hear your voice more than I've ever heard it before. God, I don't want to have cotton in my ears. I want my ears to be open wide. I want to be able to hear you speak. I want I want to know what you are trying to instruct me with right now. I believe God is speaking even now, right now, in this room. God is whispering into the ears of some of you here. He's whispering and He's saying, hey, come on, let's get right. Come on, let's get on the right track. Come on, just pay attention and just say, yes, Lord. Yes, Lord. Your servant is listening. Come on, just respond. If you hear today and you say, Todd, I don't know that I'm saved. I don't know that I'm a Christian, but I, I hear His voice today saying, surrender to Jesus. Give your life to Jesus. If that's you, raise your hands and raise it high so I can see. And I want to pray prayer with you. And I want you to, I want you to, to just tap in to get the equipment that you Just raise it high and just say this with me. Say, Lord Jesus, I know I'm a sinner, but I'm sorry. I want to get right with you. I hear your voice and I want to serve you. I want to live for you. Help me, Jesus, 
to discern your voice and to live for you so I can live on the best pathway for my life. I pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Now, if you pray that prayer, Pastor Kelly, we're going to be up here. Pastor Elijah, we'll be up here. Just come up here. Just get one of the one of us, one of, one, somebody that's up here, and tell them you prayed that prayer. We got some, some information for you, a Bible to help you get started. Amen? Amen. Come on. How many of you, how many of you believe that God has something great for you on the horizon, something that will change your life? Amen. Father, I pray the blessing and favor of God over the people of God. Touch them deeply, I pray today, in Jesus' name. Amen. You're dismissed. God bless you.